Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. Very good Saturday morning to you. It's Drive Time Radio. I am your congenial host, New York Vinny, and it is uh, the first uh, summer show that we have uh, come up with this year as summer arrived this past week. And so we are full tilt boogie into the car person's time of the year, summer. Ah, cause it's summer. Summertime is here. Yes, that's summer. It's my time of year. Yes, that uh, the old uh, favorite from War um, is uh, one of my favorite summer songs. We have a ton of uh, t- stuff planned out during the summer that we're going to hopefully get to do. Uh, waiting to hear back for a couple of people on a couple of things. But hopefully plans for the summer include doing this broadcast from a couple of national parks and to... Uh, Go to a couple of pretty groovy um, summer, you know, hot rod places and car places, places that you would immediately identify with uh, cars and summer and all of that kind of stuff. So that's a, uh, that's a good plan that we have for the show. Uh, we're always interested in hearing your plans for the show. It's always uh, a, a great thing when we can, uh, we can touch out, reach out uh, to our listeners and uh, toward that end. We are going to uh, give you and and put up a, uh, believe it or not, a phone number where you will be able to leave us voicemails. If you have thoughts on the show or thoughts on a topic that we talk about and you want to have your thoughts to um, other people, other listeners, and out in our uh, crazy little mixed up uh, show world, I will, um, if I can find a number, (laughs) happens to me every once in a while, but we've gotten a new special number that uh, you will be able to use to uh, give us a dial and uh, let us know uh, in a short message what's on your mind, a topic or something like that. Keep in mind that all of these numbers can be used. Uh, as a, um, you know, uh, anything you say into this phone can be used on the air. And it'll say that in the message. But uh, if you want to jot it down, 206-717-5700. That's 206-717-5700 is our listener line. And we encourage you to um, leave us, uh, you know, a message and uh, or a thought or a comment. And we'll take the best ones, and we will air them on the show for you. So you'll be able to actually hear yourself, um, uh, you know, on the radio and make your suggestions to the the, uh, great Drive Time Radio community that we have put together. All right. Uh, What do we have coming up today? Well, we're going to do something a little tricky today. I don't know how how exactly this is all going to turn out, but I, uh, I implore you to either listen or go to Facebook or YouTube and look for Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. And uh, I think on on you, on the Facebook, it's Vinny Drives. Uh, is the or you can go to NY Vinny Ricci. You find me there, New York Vinny. And 
watch it as well as listen. Uh, last week, as you might, if you tuned in last week, as you heard, or you may have heard, we went out to the Northwest um, Overland Rally. And we had so much fun out there. And we talked to people and did a nice cruise or a view of what the rally is. And it was just, it was a fantastic time. And we interviewed some people who really explained the rally life and, and some other stuff and gave you a good look. And all of it crashed on us last Saturday morning when we got it back to the studio. And um, so I guess the big thing is, you know, um, well, we don't want to just, you know, put that into posterity. I put it up on our uh, YouTube channel. But I just don't, I didn't want it to leave. So what we're going to do this week is uh, we're going to replay a good portion of the show that you didn't hear last week. And I do this, you know, not just because of laziness, but I do this because I thought that the topic was such a good topic. The people we talked to was such, such good people that it was worth it for you to get that information. As a matter of fact, the second guy that we talked to, the guy who teaches off-road and emergency driving and stuff like that, um, I was watching CBC News uh, on Monday, and he was being quoted and uh, interviewed in the whole sub-immersible uh, disaster. So I knew that we had somebody. I mean, I knew uh, of him, of Doug, before he was, uh, you know... Uh, we had him on the show, but I mean, just to get that kind of expert on our show, I thought was a pretty good feat. And I didn't want to let that opportunity go by. So we will, we will uh, uh, replay uh, most of that show. And, um, you know, just kind of uh, enjoy it. It's not out. The only thing is don't go get your car and go running out to, uh, to Leavenworth the plane to uh, go to the rally uh, today because it's not going to be there. They left last week. They had a great time, uh, but they left last week. All right, one of the things that I wanted to get into your uh, into your brains that happened this past week is something that um, people complain up here about prices of things, and rightly so. Things are expensive in Washington, and Washington always seems to want to beat California, and this is the first time in several years that Washington has beaten California. We in the state of Washington have America's most expensive gas prices. Nothing I got to tell you if you're, uh, if you're out there buying gas. The average cost of gasoline in the state of Washington has jumped by 32 cents over the past month to an average of $4.93, and I defy you to find it on Aurora Avenue, except at a Costco gas station for less than 5 bucks. Everywhere you go is $5.10, $5.15, $5.12. It's just, boom, it's just crazy. And part of that is because uh, there is a new tax on our gasoline to pay for environmental damage that the gasoline has cost caused um but uh the people at gas buddy said that uh washington has never been the most expensive state for gas going back to 2005 when he started keeping his data also 
the first time that uh, Washington has topped both California and Hawaii. Now, you think about that. When you go to Hawaii, if you're one of those people that have gone to Hawaii, you're always talking about how bad the gas is, how much it costs. Now it's more expensive on Aurora Avenue than it is on the beaches of Maui. Um, and I don't, you know, listen, I always have a mixed feeling about this because we we don't pay an income tax in this state. So therefore, the money to make this place look better than Louisiana it's got to come from somewhere. And so they tax individual things. That's why you have a sales tax. That's why you have um, a, a road tax, a tax added onto your gasoline. There's so many different things, uh, environmental uh, things that, that the state, the people that live in this state, or at least on this side of the state, require or want. And... You can't tax half the state usually. They figured out a way to do that with transit. But naturally, people on the other side of the state say, I'm not polluting anything. I'm not going to get awe, but uh, get a little cranky about it. And I think it's a price we we have to pay. I don't know that having an income tax would erase all of these other taxes. Uh, I highly doubt it, as a matter of fact. But it's part of the reason why when people complain, I kind of get, well, you know, get a, let's get an income tax going. And we'll see how many, you know, which way you're better off. And I'm sure that there's studies that have been done. In fact, I know there is because I've looked at them, but all the ones that I've seen that have talked about income tax for Washingtonians have said that the, the way the system is set up here is, is better. Now, obviously... It's not going to change anytime soon. I don't know that there's a politician that would want to commit suicide by, uh, or at least, uh, uh, um, at least career suicide by advocating for a tax hike, an income tax in this state. It just doesn't seem to be something that's going to happen anytime soon. Although there are people out there that do advocate for it. But you are driving uh, in a state where less costs you more. So when you are driving and filling up your car, and uh, you are, you know, coming up with uh, with astronomical bills once again. That's still cheaper than it was last year. The average gas price here is $5 a gallon, $5.09 a gallon, according to the AAA. Skamania County is up at five thirty-two a gallon. As a matter of fact, Washington is nearly $2 a gallon more than Mississippi where gas prices are around $3.01 a gallon average. But again, you wake up in Washington, you wake up in Mississippi. I rest my case. Now, I guess according to the CNN article, uh, at least we're paying less for gas than we were last year. I mean, last year, it was $5.54 a gallon on average. So... The gas prices have gone down. They're not down to what we want them to, but they're down at least from that, but they're still not where you want them. And the states that have plunged the most since uh, last year, Delaware, Michigan, Indiana, California, Alaska, and Texas have all large price drops over the year um, from 
a buck sixty one. We're down a dollar. Uh, we're down a. Let's see. Uh, yeah, we're we're down about a dollar a gallon from last year in most places. But uh, you know, some places are down. Average looks like about a buck fifty a gallon for gas. So, what do we do about it? Well, there's a lot you can do about it. To be honest with you, I don't, I don't know that there's really a whole lot. We are at the mercy of the gasoline companies and of the, the legislators and everybody who see always see automotive as a way to get money out of you. So I think you're going to live with that. It's the same thing with tolls. Nobody has an election about putting up tolls. I think that the only thing you can really do is there's three really immediate things that you can do. And they may sound stupid, but they're factual. Number one, and I preach this all the time, and summertime is the perfect time to do it, the first week of summer. Take your car either into a, a, a Les Schwab or a tire place and have them check the air pressure in your tires. The number one thing that will kill your gas economy is wrongly inflated tires, underinflated tires. They create drag, makes the car have to work harder to pull it, the engine work harder to pull the car. No matter what you're driving, if you have bad air in your tires, it's better. Uh, it, it's the best thing to uh, fix it right away. Don't let it, you know, don't let that tire out do it tomorrow. Pull into a gas station, pull into a Les Schwab, pull into a place that'll check your tires and put the right amount of air in your tires. And you know what? When a guy does that or a woman does that, when you pull into a Les Schwab, reach into your pocket and tip them a couple of bucks. I know there's a whole thing about tipping right now, but tip, please. You know, uh, it, it, in my estimation, the air should be free. You should be able to pull into any gas station in the United States and fill your tires up for free. Uh, the ones that uh, you pay, I don't know, buck fifty, whatever it is, is ridiculous. But check the air in your tires. Look in your car, and and don't carry stuff around you don't need. If you're carrying a, a box of books, uh, yeah, I'm going to get to goodwill with that. Yeah, if you can, don't carry stuff in your car that you don't need to drive around with. It's extra weight in the car. Extra weight means the engine works harder. The engine works harder. It drinks more gasoline. Simple equation. Simple thing that uh, that you can go with and look at. And finally... Uh, you know, um, make sure that your car is tuned up. Make sure that uh, your filters, your oil filter, your gas filter especially, that your filters are clean because it takes more gas to get into, to, to, to run that car when the filters, the uh, air filter especially, and the fuel filter are dirty. It restricts the flow of gasoline into the car. And, again, it makes the engine work harder in the end, heat up more, and you, you don't want that. So those are three things you could do. Now, the fourth thing I could tell you to do, I don't know if you're going to do it, and that's buy an electric car. Because um, I'm driving this week the Volkswagen ID4, and I haven't slapped, um, you know, I haven't, I haven't put any gas in it yet. 
And I will give you a tip. I did notice that gas at my Costco was $4.50 a gallon. And at these prices, it may well be worth getting uh, either a Costco membership or using somebody that you know or go into your house. Uh, I mean, go into Costco and buy a household membership so you can get the kids on it if they drive. But Costco right now, uh, as far as I have seen, has had the cheapest gasoline anywhere around. And plus, I think if you go to a Costco tire center, that they'll check your tires. So, so I think we're uh, so I think we're good. So I think we're, uh, we're good on that. Uh, but pay attention to that because not only will it save you money in the long run, but it's a lot safer and it's more enjoyable. Uh, I think. Okay, we're going to now. Uh, it's going to seem a little weird because we are going to take you back to last week when we went out to the uh, Overland, Northwest Overland Rally, 2023's Northwest Overland Rally. We got a chance to ride around and talk to uh, Nathan and uh, do our car review and everything from there. And it was a really good experience going out and being with people that know what they're doing when it comes to uh, compact off-road camping. These people uh, are great at it. They know what they're doing. And the greatest thing about it seems is they're very, very willing that if you know nothing about the um, uh, the hobby, uh, the lifestyle, uh, they seem very, very willing to lend you a helping hand and to help you. So here is, um, here is some stuff from last week that we didn't get on, but we certainly uh, should have, and I hope you enjoy it. And a very good Saturday morning to you. It's Drive Time Radio. New York Vinny here with you. And here this morning is actually in Plain, Washington. As you can see behind me, we are at the 2023 Northwest Overland Rally. Overland Rally, you say. What is Overland, Vinny, you say? Well, we're going to explain that to you. We're going to show you some of the cool vehicles that are here. If you are interested in... Getting off the grid a little bit uh, in your vacation plans this year. I know everybody can't live off the grid, but if you're interested in getting off the grid in your vacation plans this year, you may want to jump in the car today and uh, and, and, and jump out to Plain, Washington. There's still one day left. Saturday's going to be the big day. And they have a ton of stuff, a ton of seminars, and a ton of cool stuff going on here today, including... Uh, picking an overland vehicle, uh, all the different kinds of accessories from the solar uh, to bedding, had some really neat looking beds uh, that you can put in these things, figuring out what is the right vehicle for your application, figuring out, because there's a lot to figure out uh, when you go uh, over the land and through the woods uh, to grandmother's house we go. Uh, there's a lot that goes on. Into, in the overlanding uh, situation. You can do it with a vehicle. You can do it with a trailer. Uh, you can do it with an old van. You can do it with a pickup truck. Uh, you can do it with something that you uh, put on top of your van or your pickup truck. You can sleep in the bed. There's all different kinds of options for those of you who want to, again, not just get, you know, go into a, a trailer place and buy a fifth wheel and, uh, you know, jump in the back of that and do it luxury style. This is a little more gritty. This is a little more, um, uh, a, a little more of uh, a, a back to the earth, back to the, 
the woods type of thing. Uh, you leave a small footprint. You uh, bring your stuff with you. You take your stuff back out. It's that kind of thing. It's more, I would think, maybe more environmentally conscious than uh, RVing. You, uh, I don't think the investment is as much uh, if you're going new in these vehicles. Although I got to tell you, I've seen some vehicles here that look like they have phenomenal price tags made out of all different kinds of materials with kitchens with outdoor kitchens with sinks with beds um we might even see one with a hot tub somewhere around here uh, maybe they just towed that behind it but it's something that's growing on a lot of people more and more people are doing it more and more people since the pandemic are going out to these types of uh of events, learning more about overlanding, learning more about getting out of the house, not staying in a cushy hotel, uh, not glamping, which is uh, something a lot of people do, uh, you know, with, with all the uh, accoutrements of home, you get the TV and this and that. I'm sure if I walk through this place, I'm going to find a TV or two, but I think here more of the entertainment is the family dog, as you can see behind me, than it is anything else. Uh, and and there's a certain there's a certain type of, uh, of togetherness of community that goes on around uh, this event uh, where you see kids and parents and adults and single people and all kinds of different people uh, coming together at a campfire at night learning more about what this is and what it's about and also doing some of the things that uh, maybe gets lost in our society a little bit these days and commuting with each other uh, talking to each other and learning more about something that uh, not everybody's doing uh again you know the most popular thing is to go to a, an rv place and buy a big rv or rent a big rv and get out on the road and stay in campgrounds this is a lot different this probably entails staying a lot more in uh, blm bureau of land management lands uh, or state parks or places where, you know, you're not going for uh, $60, $70 a night for a campground. Uh, I get my knowledge of this really mostly from YouTube. Uh, you know, I watch a lot of YouTube uh, uh, campers and glampers and overland people, and it's such a fascinating word, uh, world to me uh, because there's so much freedom in it. There's so much, uh, uh, as you'll see as, as we bop along, there's so many people who are freed up by this, not only to uh, go to uh, a place like this, but to go off-road, to get off the beaten path, to go places where you don't normally go. You wouldn't pull a 25 or 30 foot trailer. You just take your forerunner or your uh, a very popular vehicle here seems to be the Land Rover or Jeep uh, and take that vehicle. Here we see uh, one of those mini delegates from Mitsubishi that uh, has become so popular uh, in this particular uh, area of uh, camp. But as you look, look at all the different kinds of uh, vehicles. Not a lot of big trailers. Smaller contained vehicles that, uh, that will get you through muck and mire. And if you want to go through Monkey Meyer, there's a lot of people around here uh, who are willing to teach you how to do that. And we will talk to somebody who uh, will explain a little bit more about that as we go along. But if you bring your vehicle out, 
there's uh, a lot of different, here we see, uh, look at this thing, this old fire truck here, the Unimog, is uh, one of the stars of the show. I mean, people have been coming by and looking at this thing all, uh, all day, all Friday. Uh, it, it truly is one of the big stars of the show. And uh, they have a course set up here, an off-road course, that you can come and bring your vehicle. We're taking a look at it now and go through the off-road course. There's instructors here uh, to teach you some of the finer points of going off-road. And uh, again, it's a good, solid family and family dog event uh, that people can come and hang out and have a good time and learn a little something about uh, what overlanding is and what it is to uh, be part of this uh, growing community. All right, uh, while we're here this morning, we would be remiss if we did not say good morning to our good friend, uh, our producer, and the man who is uh, actually out here uh, with me today, Nathan. Nathan, how are you this morning? Good morning, Vinny. Pleasure to be along on the ride with you. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you, Pally. What do you think about all of this? Is this something that uh, interests you, Nathan, at all? Well, we're still setting up here. This is the first day. It's kind of a setup day, if you would. But later on, they just got so much going on. I'm looking at the event, and it's just like every hour there's something else going on. If you come down here on a thir Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, heck, you can even bring your mountain bike if you're into that. They'll do some trail riding, but you'll learn a lot about off-road riding and really what it's like to take a repurposed factory SUV or truck and slap a camper on it or anything else that's not typical from RV lifestyle and going out into the wilderness and just having a good time with you and whoever's along with you and spending it in nature. Like here in Plain Washington, just a perfect place to go overlanding. They couldn't yeah. have picked a better spot. Yeah, I mean, you got uh, you, you got mountains here and the green and a community of people uh, that that love doing this and feel like uh, this is a, a great place to go and to uh, to talk to each other about the finer points of this. And, you know, the interesting thing is, you know, you say, oh, well, I don't have uh, $150,000 to uh, spend on a vehicle and on equipment. Well, I'll tell you what, there are people here with homemade rigs. Uh, there are people here with $100,000 Land Rovers. There's people here with uh, old Land Cruisers, Toyota Land Cruisers. There's a little bit of everything here. So I don't think it's a matter of how much money you have. It's a matter of how creative you want to get, how much you can um, put into building one of these. Because a lot of these people here are building these things out themselves or... They have people here that, you know, you can go to them with a plan and a budget, and they'll build something for you. So it's definitely an interesting part of, uh, of this, uh, this phenomenon that we see sweeping across the nation of people wanting to get, not stay in just hotels, to have experiences as opposed to just going on a vacation and lying on the beach somewhere. There's nothing since you can't lie on a beach with one of these things. Uh, or, or pull up to a beach or go down to Baja, California, something like that. A lot of people do that, but people also go from Baja all the way up to Alaska and, uh, you know, do the Alcan Highway. So there's lots of, lots of neat stuff around that. Now, Nathan, uh, is there a, uh, a question you want to ask me this week? Absolutely, Vinny. Got to get it. Even though if I'm not in the studio to push the button, I'm just going to ask you, Yo, Vinny, what are you driving this week? What am I driving this week? Nathan, I thought you'd never ask. All right, this week we are driving 
Uh, the 2023 Ford Maverick Hybrid. Now, uh, if you remember a few months ago, we had the Ford Maverick, and I loved uh, this thing. It's a small truck. Ford is, uh, is uh, kind of leading the way here. Well, actually, you know, it was Hyundai that kind of led the way with the Santa Cruz. But Ford came out with the Maverick, and they uh, it, it's a wild hit, probably beyond their wildest expectations. You have to wait six months to get one. Uh, but they came out with a hybrid version uh, that uh, the other one was good on gas, and I think at 25 or 30 miles per gallon. The hybrid is even going to be better than that. And uh, it, it carries all of the attributes of the Maverick that we talked about the last time, uh, spacious, recycled materials inside, uh, nooks and crannies and places to put uh, all different kinds of uh, your tools and your drinks and everything like that. Uh, I mean, it's a rolling picnic basket in some ways, uh, go figure. But uh, the uh, Maverick Hybrid is, uh, I think, going to be another hit for Ford. And uh, we get a chance to uh, uh, have fun with that uh, this week, take it out, ride it around a little bit, take it out and show it to the uh, people here at the uh, Northwest Overland Rally. And uh, so far, it seems to be a really big hit uh, among people. Everybody looks and want, you know, they haven't seen a lot of these. Uh, we're in a world of Toyotas and uh, Jeeps and Land Rovers, so it's nice for them to see something different as well and see something that they haven't seen before. So that's what I'm driving this week, uh, the 2023 Ford Maverick Hybrid pickup truck, Ford's new small truck that, uh, listen, it's a hit. Toyota's coming out with one. Uh, uh, Dodge Ram is going to have one before too long. So the small truck, the small manageable urban parkable pickup truck is, uh, is being revived and in a big way with Ford really leading the way. Okay, we'll take a quick break here. When we come back, we're going to learn uh, a little bit. Uh, we're going to take a look at one of the coolest vehicles here. I think that's what we're going to do. We're going to check out one of the coolest vehicles. We are at the Northwest Overland Rally in Plain, Washington. It runs the rest of the day today, Saturday. So if you're not doing anything, jump in the car, 15 minutes north of Leavenworth. You can even go and go on the new um, ride that's in Leavenworth and check out that new park uh, that's there, that adventure park uh, that they put up that opened up a couple of weeks ago. So uh, it is Drive Time Radio. I'm New York Vinny. Stick around. We got more coming on 1150 KKNW. This overheated radiator shouldn't have happened. Or this street windshield in the rain. Or this dead battery here. Shouldn't somebody check those things for you every time? Your Texaco dealer does. That's his promise. Your Texaco dealer not only promises to check the things everyone ought to, he'll double check too. He'll check your battery. Double check the battery cables. Check your oil. Double check the fan belt. Check your radiator. Double check the radiator cap. Clean your windshield. And double check the wiper blades. What's more, your Texaco dealer's service and courtesy includes a smile and a thank you. That's his promise. You can trust your car to the man who wears the star. The big, bright Texaco star. Make us part of your daily routine. Alternative Talk, 1150. 
All right, back with you here on Drive Time Radio. Uh, we are live at the 2023 Northwest Overland Rally in Plain, Washington, just north of Leavenworth. Uh, this Saturday, you got nothing to do. Come on up, uh, go out, get in the car, take the kids, come up here, and you'll uh, learn a little bit about overlanding, about trekking, about getting off the beaten path, getting off-road, and, uh, and seeing a little bit of the world that you don't see every day. We get a chance now to talk to it. You, you know, in driving around here, I was looking around at these vehicles and saying, man, there's some cool vehicles around here, but the two coolest was this uh, Mercedes behind me on this side, and what does it say, a, a, a Cantor? Yeah, Mitsubishi Cantor. Mitsubishi Cantor. This is Brian from Everett. Say hello, Brian from Everett. Hey, guys, how's it going? Uh, there you go. Uh, Brian, you have a, a, a business that sells these vehicles. Like, these appear to be old Japanese or Korean fire trucks. Uh, this one on the left, the Mitsubishi, is Japanese. It's a Japanese import. We call it JDM, Japanese Domestic Market. Yeah. And uh, this one started life uh, in Japan as a uh, portable pump truck. Uh, we removed the pumping, you know, apparatus and got it kitted for some overland uh, adventure. And the one behind me is, is a Unimog, which seems to be like the hot vehicle in, in overlanding, in off-road um, get away from it all, kind of camping and uh, and seeing the world. Yeah, yeah. The Unimogs are pretty capable. They've got uh, pretty robust drivetrain. They've got uh, stock 41-inch tires. They've got portal axles. They've got locking differentials. Um, eight speeds forward, eight speeds reverse. Wow. Uh, yeah, we only use about half of those driving around town. <laughs> yeah. So you'll, but the thing about that is you'll pull a tree stump out of out of the earth with it, right? I mean, it's so low geared. I would think that you could do just about anything uh, with this and go anywhere up to the top of a mountain if you want. Very true. Yeah, this weighs twelve thousand three hundred pounds, and uh, it will pull a, a, a stump. What What is um, I, I I see these now for sale up along Aurora. You have them for sale. Uh, it, what is what is the attraction? What kind of person buys one of these things? Well, you know, someone that wants, you know, something that's going to be really capable and uh, tough and, and the ability to carry a lot of gear and, and weight and whatever, whatever someone wants to build up, you know, they can do it because it's got, you know, it's very modular systems. Right. So you can, uh, if you want a mountain climb or you can go off, uh, you know, to the upstream as far as you as, as you want to get in one of these things, and these things will get you up there. Yeah, yeah. Now, what what is it? Uh, now, now, let's take a look at the Unimog, because that's the one that everybody is whispering about. This is a Mercedes-Benz. Uh, I'm thinking diesel fuel. Yeah, diesel. It's got an inline-six turbo diesel. It's a 5.7 OM356 is the name of the engine. Yeah. Uh, and uh, originally it was a Swedish fire truck. So you're looking at the fire box here uh, that was, you know, built for Swedish fire, fire crew. And, you know, we got the, the roll-ups here for whatever they had in here. Yeah. Now we got some gear. We got some camping gear. Pop uh, that over yeah. if you want. Not much in that one. There was a generator there in the past. We've got some ladders here. Oh, so you're all set here. I mean, I mean, you can load this stuff up with, uh, 
your camping gear, probably sleep on the top, right? Yeah, it's a pretty big flat platform up there. I've done that. I've slept up there. <laughs> what is, um, if, if you want to buy one of these in this kind of shape, and this one seems to be in pretty good shape, um, what, what, are you, what are you looking at? How much are you looking at to buy something like this? You know, the market's pretty uh, wide right now. You know, it's, there's a lot of bringing trailer unimogs yeah. going up on auction. Uh, I've seen them go from like 50 to 75. Um, I've seen one kitted out with a habitat for camping go for 177 wow. recently, uh, which is fairly low on the whole grand scheme of things, you know. And it's nothing, I mean, there's nothing comparable that you can buy today brand new to this, is there? Well, you can buy a brand new Unimog, but you can't import it into the U.S. So uh-huh. we're 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 trapped. We're stuck at 1998 for imports into the U.S. from other countries. 25 years old. Yeah. Yeah. 25 years old. And so this uh, is a 1987, and it has like 18,000 miles on it. Were these better built than the new ones? Somebody told me that the older they are, uh, the better crafted they are. Yeah, I think the once they switched over to this like square cab, uh, they, you know, I think they got better. I'm not a real expert on these, but yeah. um, I actually just picked this up from the Port of San Diego about three weeks ago, and I I drove it back from from the Port of San Diego, 1,200 miles up along I-5. Yeah, you got some looks, didn't you? Yeah, <laughs> you had a few people that were looking 53 at 53 miles an hour the whole way. It was nice. Well, you get to see America that way. Yeah. Let's walk around to the front a little bit because it's just such a unique looking vehicle. I was in one of these, um, I did a trip to Cuba a couple of years ago and was, they had one of these, something similar to this, uh, there was an old army truck. I mean, this winch looks like it'll pull a house right out of, off of its foundation. <laughs> it's pretty big. It's a hydraulic, this is not just an electric winch, it's yeah. hydraulic, yeah, right? it's hydraulic. Oh, look at that. I mean, that's a, you get your money's worth with that. Um, what kind of mileage you get on a, I, I mean, it's almost stupid to ask, but I will anyway. What kind of mileage do you get on something like this? Well, I was doing some research, and they were saying 13 miles a gallon. Not bad. And uh, I never really was able to calculate it on my trip, but I think it was doing about 13. Yeah. It felt that way, because these get about 14, and uh, I didn't fill it up too many times, you know. I got through Oregon without filling up at all. Wow. And I think the tank's about 35 gallons, holds about 35 gallons, maybe a little more. I haven't quite got the, the 411 on that. Do but. you meet some interesting people uh, selling these things? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's more, I, I like the community that uh, surrounds these things. It's, it's great to meet all these people that are building these things and, and you know, getting to know. Yeah, it, it seems to be a ton of fun just walking around and talking to people. It just really seems to be a, a you know a good bunch of people having fun and and what impresses me too is also the stewardship of the environment. I mean, they, you know, people seem to really take it serious to leave the land as good as they um, as they found it. Yeah. You know, because people sometimes will look at these things and say, "Gee, look at them! They're just you know chewing up the land and and messing it up." But I mean, I've found in talking to people that uh, they really do care about the environment and they care about the situation of leaving the land, you know, much the way they found it. Yeah, definitely want to tread carefully, you know, and leave a light footprint. All right, if one of my listeners wants to seize this on the Internet, hears it on radio, wants to buy one of these things, how do they get in touch with you? 
Uh, I got a website. It's uh, jdmoffroad.com, and uh, you know we have a, we have a car lot. We're a dealership up in Everett, and uh, they can reach out to us online. We have you know they can submit a uh, form online, or they can you know give us a call or come up visit us. And they'll find you. Uh, they'll find you on the web, and um, who knows? Maybe maybe somebody's listening to this today and says, you know what? I need one of these. You know, they're, they're, they're a high-tech, uh, they got a lot of money, they don't know what to do with They call you up, and all of a sudden, they got a Unimog in the driveway, <laughs> and nobody messes with them anymore on the block. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, it's kind of, if you see somebody with one of these parked in their driveway, chances are they're not, uh, you know, they're, they're like, okay, let's just leave him alone. Let's not bother him. He can do whatever he wants. All right, Brian, listen, thanks for uh, showing us your vehicle. It looks like it's a lot of, is it fun to drive? It is super fun to drive. Yeah, I mean, I know you're sitting up high and people are looking at it, probably stop you at every rest stop and everything, saying, what the heck is this thing? Definitely, definitely. How about, uh, how about, uh, I'm thinking the kids love to get rides in this thing, too. Yeah, <clears throat> well, you know, it was set up for some, uh, fire fighting so there's yeah. just some strange seats for the passenger there they're designed to clip into an air tank and like lock you in ah and it's kind of strange but uh <laughs> we gotta we gotta get a more comfortable seat up there but um but, yeah seats three up front and then sleeps a couple on top and you know there's a there's a sky's the limit as far as like building this thing out yeah looks like a ton of fun man thanks for spending a couple of minutes with us that's Brian from JDM Import. If, you, if you're thinking about a Unimog, you want to know more about them or these uh, uh, foreign vehicles that you can bring in, 25 years old or more, uh, give them a call. Go online. We'll also put a link on our Facebook page at drivetimeradio.com. Uh, drivetimeradioandtv.com. I shouldn't forget that. And uh, stick around because we'll come back and talk uh, a little bit more about overlanding as we are out at the uh, Overland 2023 Overland, Northwest Overland Exposition Rally out here in beautiful Plain, Washington, where the sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and the people are camping. It's Drive Tie Radio. If you're searching for that perfect gift for the college-bound kid in your life, the Car Care Council suggests putting together a roadside emergency kit. An inexpensive roadside kit is easy to assemble and could be extremely useful, maybe even a lifesaver in the event of an emergency. Of course, it's always a good idea to be prepared for the unexpected while on the road, but the best option is to avoid breakdowns and car trouble wherever possible. Performing basic maintenance and observing a regular service schedule can help avoid unforeseen road emergencies. Roadside emergency items can fit into a small duffel bag or rubber storage tote and include the following. Jumper cables, emergency flares, flashlight and batteries, blankets and extra clothes, non-perishable snacks and bottled water, first aid kit, including essential medications, portable USB charger to keep the cell phone running even if the car isn't, ice scraper, snow brush, and small shovel for winter driving. And finally, keep a copy of the Car Care Guide available free of charge at carcare.org. Visit the Car Care Council's website to access a number of tips and resources for vehicle maintenance, including a free custom service schedule. Wherever you go, Alternative Talk 1150 is here for you. 
down for a uh, cartoon, did you? Saturday morning cartoon brought to you every Saturday morning. This one, our first one that we've ever done live, I believe. But we were walking through uh, the area and found Nikki and her friends with the guitar and said, "Why don't you, uh, why don't you play us a little, a little cartoon?" And uh, she was kind enough with her friends to do just that. Drive Time Radio, New York video with you as we are live at the uh, 2023 Northwest Overland Rally. Uh, once again, uh, you're listening to this on Saturday morning. Uh, if you're not doing anything, load the kids up in the car and the wife and come on out to, um, to beautiful Plain, Washington, which is about 15 minutes north of um, Leavenworth. So you can go check out the new uh, uh, adventure park there and then come up and take a look at the adventure that, that doesn't happen in a park it happens all over uh, the united states and canada and in baja mexico and uh, south america and all over the place that is overlanding chris walker is with us uh, uh who is an overland instructor 
Chris, how are you? I'm great. Nice to meet you, Vinny. Good, good, good. Chris, tell me, first of all, tell me tell me the name of your school, so if people want to learn more about this, they can find it. So I own a school in Canada known as uh, Overland Training Canada. Yeah. And we're an off-road training school that works with recreational drivers, folks, and then a major part of the business is industries, so oil and gas mines, driving their 4x4 vehicles into whatever situation they need to drive in. Right, because up, uh, especially up there in Alberta, in the oil country, exactly. the country up there, yeah. I mean, it's not a, a road going down every, uh, you know, every oil field and everything. You have to pretty much drive one of these things in and camp and, exactly. and you teach people how to, how to do that. Now, what is, for people who are listening to this the first time, what is overlanding? What is, what's the definition? If I say I want to get involved in overlanding, oh, what do I do? There's several. <laughs> I mean, you could almost say it's car camping, but I think it's a bit more than that. Yeah. It's people who have um, four by fours of any variety of level, straight from a vehicle manufacturer, to people who love modifying them to make them more um, capable, more off-road based. And it's people who want to use their vehicles to go driving into the amazing wilderness across the world. I mean, especially here in North America and see great places, do fun things, and camp in the wilderness. Now, uh, it would seem to me that you need a better skill set uh, than the guy coming down I-5, driving back and forth three or four miles to work every day. It, it, it seems to me, just by the fact that I've done this a little bit, uh, that, that you need to know a lot more about not only your driving skills, but the vehicle capability as well. Absolutely. You know, with this modern kind of explosion of overlanding or off-road driving, the vehicles that we have these days are so capable that you can get so far into the wilderness um, that you, you you need a little bit of level of an education so that, I mean, you could be hundreds of miles out there in, I don't know, Nevada or Utah or Oregon, and that little bit of education to teach you about how to use that vehicle, how to know what it does, its capabilities, and ultimately how to be safe and protect the environment. I mean, when we drive on the I-5, just say locally as a highway, that's engineered for millions of people to drive up and down there. These off-road trails, they're not engineered. They could be old mine roads, they could be old uh, exploratory roads, they could be old forest roads or old goat trails. So they have none of these modern engineering protections. And the education part of it is just to help people understand those dangers, look after themselves, and have fun out there with looking after the environment. Right. There's much, as many cameras and all the kind of uh, yep. uh, downhill stuff that they put in these uh, in these vehicles. Uh, it still comes down to how well a driver uh, knows how to use those implements and knows how to control uh, their vehicle. And it's something that you don't get by reading a driver's manual. You have to. You have to. I mean, if you're smart. You take a few, uh, you know, even if it takes you a week or a weekend or something like that, and at least take a basic course in how to get yourself out of trouble if you get into it, Absolutely. what to look for. I mean, so many different things that can happen where there's no phone to call somebody. Absolutely. I mean, like we said, modern vehicles are amazing in their capability. They've got so much technology, but one of our favorite phrases when we teach people in any aspect of off-road driving is use good technique before you rely on the technology. Technology is amazing, but you still need to be a smart driver to use your vehicle correctly and safely before you're allowed to use the cameras and all the buttons and switches so that you can use that technology to make your life maybe a little easier, a little bit more comfortable, and maybe a little bit more performance, but it has to be centered around good skills first. What's the biggest mistake you see people uh, make when they get into these types of vehicles? Oh gosh, that's a broad, broad question. Um, 
somewhat cringeworthy. That's the one I've decided about. No, I, I, you know what? I think it's uh, underestimating the hazards out there. Maybe underestimating or overestimating your own skill. Yeah. We like to try and advocate for people just to take a little bit of a step back because you can still go to great places. You just don't need to push yourself that hard all the time in this aspect of off-road driving, the overland right. kind of area. I mean, if you if you have a big, huge built-up 4x4, then the more challenging trails in, say, Utah might be more rewarding. But for this, this kind of environment here with these people, it's expensive, capable vehicles going out to the wilderness. Be a smart driver first. Do you also teach um, about preserving the environment? Because I know we talk to a lot of people, especially in the Northwest, so many people environmentally conscious. Uh, conscious about the environment, unconscious when they drive sometimes. But uh, there's so many people that are conscious. They say, oh, you know, these things are ruining the, uh, uh, the environment, uh, the birds, to this, to that. But uh, I would think that to be successful at this, you also have to have a cognizance of what's going on with fuel, with uh, tires, and all the different things that go into running one of these things through a, a, a forest. I, I, honestly, I think that's probably the primary focus that we should all have. I mean, let's just take North America for an example. North America is staggeringly beautiful, staggering, staggeringly diverse. If we don't act as a group of enthusiasts in a responsible manner out on those trails, I mean, the BLM, they, they have a lot of terrain to look after. If there's a problem, they'll do something to try and manage it and allow people to use it, but it comes a time and a place when those lands get reduced. So one of the biggest principles that we teach and we advocate for is an organization called Tread Lightly. Really, it's a, an amazing organization. Look it up on the internet. And it just gives some really simple skills about how to act in the wilderness, be it driving, motorbiking, hiking, whatever it is. Really, you're, you're, you're trying to travel through that terrain without leaving a trace. Leave it better than you found it. We're trying not to widen trails when something becomes harder. We're being mindful of the season, whether it's rainy or wet right. or snowy. Really, we want those trails to be there for for generations to come, so that we can all enjoy how beautiful this country is. This is a lot of fun. Huh? This, this it really is. is. Really, I mean, I'm an old racer, old drag yeah. racer and stuff. But this, to me, seems like it's a lot of fun because number one, you can take people with you. Yeah. Uh, you can involve your family. It's fun for kids. And uh, it, it, it just seems to be a way to uh, connect with nature. And one of the things that I like about it, too, is that uh, it, it also is, is a, a hobby, a sport that can include disabled people uh, that maybe couldn't hike up to a place, but yet they can drive a vehicle up to a beautiful spot and see things that they may have never been able to see before. 100%. All age levels, all experience levels. The wilderness out here, and I mean globally, but North America particularly, is so varied. The more we have the opportunity to explore that, it's only good for the human health. I think being out there in the fresh air and seeing these amazing spots is is something that's really important, especially to this user group. When people uh, graduate from your class, uh, what's the last thing you tell them before they get into their four by four? You haven't stopped learning. Great words. Right. How do people find you, Chris? Uh, OverlandTrainingCanada.com. And we teach globally. Uh, we're based in Canada, but we, we work all over the world.
Chris, thank you so much, man. My Appreciate pleasure, it. sir. Thank you. All right. Thanks very much. And, all right. That's uh, actually that's going to put another edition of Drive Time in the books. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, if you get a chance, come on out here. Otherwise, we'll see you next week, 8 o'clock on Saturday morning, right here at 1150 KKNW.